Welcome to Stars and Spirits, the podcast for personal growth and conscious evolution with a spiritual and esoteric spin. I'm your host, Karis Melina Brown, and this is episode three. On this episode, we're focusing on moon energy, working with the moon for spirituality and for manifestation. The intention with this episode is to bring you soothing, healing energy that also activates and inspires you to connect yourself with nature and your own spiritual inner core. Thanks for listening and let's get into it. Greetings! Today is February 1st. 2021 we are in the one o'clock hour deep at night the moon is shining overhead we just had the leo wolf moon just a few days ago so the power of the moon is still very strong we're gonna get into what that feels like and i recommend that as you're listening to this episode as with all these episodes you think back on your own experience and see where you can identify. One of the best things about my work is seeing how we're all so similar. And a spiritual connection is way more common than we sometimes think it is. <laughs> so, starting off, what does it mean to work with moon energy? What does it mean to work with the moon? There are different theories about what exactly the moon is, where exactly the moon is from, and since it's been here longer than we have, as far as we know, it's hard to really answer any of those for sure. What I'll say is, there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there that say why the moon works the way that it does, and I believe some of them. I don't believe all of them. But I like to keep an open mind with this kind of thing because I have found over and over and over in my life that life is often stranger than we think. So, regardless of where the moon comes from and what exactly it's for, I believe that it is a wonderful tool to help with corralling and energizing your own efforts for manifestation in a conscious life. And the way that it works is this. So we've got our new moon or the dark moon, which is when you can't see the moon at all because it is in the shadow of the earth. And you've got the full moon when the moon is big and round and bright, full of light because the earth is not blocking the sunlight at all from reaching the moon, which bounces off the moon and makes it that beautiful silvery white color. When the moon is growing or waxing from new to full, first it starts off with a crescent, like a backward C, and then it grows to a half moon, which looks like a half circle, and then it grows into what's called a gibbous, G-I-B-B-O-U-S, moon, where it's almost round, and then it gets round at the full moon. And then as the moon starts waning or shrinking down again to a new moon, it starts off going the other way. So it's almost full, but now this time the lopsidedness is on the other side. Then we get to a last quarter moon, which is a half circle. And then it gets into a C shape, as, as in a C that we would recognize as a C. And that's the crescent waning moon. And it goes dark again, starts the cycle again. So when you see a backward C in the sky, that means the moon is growing. You're looking at a baby moon. When you see a regular C in the sky, 
that means that the moon is ending and you're about to get a new moon. You're in the end of the moon cycle. And the way that moon energy is said to work and the way that I experience it is that at the new moon, a new cycle is begun. So you can say what you want to happen. You can focus on things coming into your life as the moon grows. And then when it reaches its apex at the full moon, that's when the energy is most high. And that's when the tides are most high too, as the moon infects water on our planet. And so you can look around and see what's going on in your life, what you love and are grateful for, what you want to shed or graduate from. And as the moon energy goes back out, like the tide goes back out, you shed whatever you want until the new moon, which is a great time of cleansing. And then you start again. So here's my experience with the moon. I have always loved the moon. The earliest memory I can recall of consciously paying attention to the moon was when I was a little girl in the back of my parents' car, and we were driving across town going somewhere. And I was looking at the moon in the sky, and she was big and round and beautiful and bright. And I just wanted to drink her with my eyes. I just kept staring at her as we would drive along. And I can remember as my parents would turn corners, go here and there, and the other kids and my parents in the car were all talking about something or listening to music or something, and I was kind of removed from the conversation in my own little world, completely enchanted by the moon, moving my head to see her, to keep seeing her as we would go around corners, as we would drive in different directions, she would move to what seemed to me to be different parts of the sky because the car was moving. And I would keep kind of craning my head and neck around so I could just keep looking at her. Then, I don't remember much else other than just kind of noticing and always having that desire to be in moonlight and to look at the moon. Then when I was in high school, before I'd had my spiritual awakening, I always felt when there was a full moon. It only will take you about five seconds of research to look at the correlations between the full moon and energy being high, people feeling strange, more accidents happening, more health stuff happening. The moon brings up the cray cray in the world. It also brings up a bunch of other energy, some of it good, some of it not so good, but the point is that everything's expanded when the moon is full. And I remember in high school, I would get this certain feeling that felt like buzzing in my veins is the best way to explain it. My whole body just felt kind of activated. And I would say, I bet it's a full moon. feels like a full moon today. And sure enough, it would be. Or at least full enough that it looked full. Because that was before I even knew about things like moon calendars and that I could keep track of this. So... When I had my spiritual awakening, which if you want to hear all about that, it's in episode one, I studied various things, and around that time I also read The Mists of Avalon. And if you have not read The Mists of Avalon, and if you are interested in the ancient Celtic religion, if that activates you, then I would highly recommend that book. I don't agree with everything in it. 
nor do I agree with everything that the authors have done in their personal lives. That said, that book holds some really great knowledge, wisdom, and keys. As I was reading that book, I had a dream that I think was partly my subconscious and partly my ancient memory of other times and other bodies in this planet. And in the dream, we were walking up the side of this stone mountain next to waterfalls. And I was wearing on my feet these leather shoes that were very ancient. They just tied around the ankle with a drawstring. But I remember the feeling of the cool rocks under my feet. I even remember it right now talking about it. And I was in a procession of people, I think women, and we were in the middle of some kind of ritual or beginning some kind of ritual. The moon overhead took up about a third of the sky. It was huge. And the light from it was nearly palpable in its intensity, and thickness, and strength. Felt wonderful, felt very alive and very aligned. And I woke up from that dream knowing that there had been something more that I'd seen that night. So... When I started to do rituals, I started with the moon because I learned first in the Celtic way and the moon is a big focus there. And whether or not you necessarily feel moon energy in that way, whether or not it makes your blood buzz, conscious manifestation is a way that we can take the reins of our own life and have a normalized sequence of looking around and saying, okay, what's going on here? Do I like it? If so, I will feed it and water it and grow it. If I don't like it, when I say it, I mean various circumstances going on in and around ourselves. If I don't like it, I'll prune it. I'll weed it. I'll take it out of my garden of life. And working with the moon is a great way because it keeps us current because a moon cycle is about 28 days long, which means if you're working with the moon, then you're once a month reevaluating, really twice a month with the new and full, reevaluating what do I want to grow, what do I want to prune, and if you're doing moon ritual, which I highly recommend for everyone, for all genders, for all spiritual connections, I think that working with the moon is not something that is necessarily equated to any religion. I see it more as spirit technology, same as Reiki, same as healing energy, same as manifestation and various other stuff that I do. It's not attached to any one ideology, nor does it go against any ideology. It's just working with the technology of our world. So... Those are my experiences working with the moon. And I will say over the years, when I do moon ritual, <laughs> it works, you guys. And also when I see other people do it, it also does. Now, this isn't saying that we're creating in a vacuum. And this isn't saying that every single thing you ever want on any manifestation list will come true. There's stuff that I've been wanting to manifest for years and had steadily on my list for years that hasn't come yet because, you know, divine timing. And we're all part of a bigger equation than just our one life from our limited 
in this point in the timeline perspective. Disclaimer noted, moving on. Usually it works great. Usually when I'm doing moon ritual, when I'm staying on task with my spiritual connection in that way, because in order to do moon ritual, you have to, you know, be aligned with where the moon is. By the way, if you want to have a calendar that I use, the one that I use is calendar 365. So if you just do an internet search with moon phases, calendar 365, it will bring up that calendar and I find it very accurate and it has the time and date of all four of the moon phases in every moon cycle. So that practice of regularly looking at what's going on in your life and regularly setting your intention to not only move the energy around of what you want, but to do the work in your physical life to work toward your goals and a lot of that too subconsciously is just being aware of what they are so then when it's time to make your micro decisions you're doing it from a space of tracking what your higher goals are not necessarily just what you feel like in the moment which is also fine it's all about balance and deciding what's more important than there now when i work with moon energy and when i do a spell and when i say a spell i mean a sequence of actions or words or intentions or whatever works to bring about a certain outcome and sometimes this means a five minute thing sitting there in my little ritual circle and deciding what i'm building and sending my energy toward it sending nature energy toward it and doing it all under surrender to divine plan and timing Sometimes it means a longer one where you start, and these work so well, and I really love doing them. You start with a certain phase of the moon and go into another phase. So an example of this would be one that I did in the last moon, and that was a releasing and healing ritual. And I created it myself, and I wrote it down to include in my little book of shadows that I make. And basically it was a jar spell. So I took some rose petals and some sea salt, water, some essential oils, and put them into a little jar along with the intention to let go of some old wounds and pain I was carrying from this life and another life, various other lives in certain regards. And every single day I picked up that jar I set my intentions with it again. I had a little affirmation written down with it that I would repeat, shook it up to move the energy around. Sometimes I'd open it up and smell it. It was really interesting to see how the roses and the essential oils combined over the course of two weeks because I did it for the whole waning moon. And then at the end of the two weeks, I took my little jar down to the ocean and I poured the, well, actually, I didn't pour the contents in. I uncapped it and held it down in the surf when the tide was rolling in and the ocean came and swept the contents away and there was everything and there was biodegradable you know just roses and water mostly and i felt it you guys like when we work with nature energy and we open up to connect with nature energy nature wants to work with us she comes and reaches out and grabs us and helps. It's not just us out here. And when I do a moon spell, 
the turnaround time for me generally and there are some exceptions here sometimes it comes about in a day or two sometimes it takes much longer but generally the window that works for me is two months when I finish something that I'm working on intention wise if I set my calendar for two months forward to check back in on it there have always been results of some way or another Surrendering while also keeping clear intention is very important when you're doing this kind of work because, as I say, we're not in a vacuum. We're part of a bigger equation. So sometimes things that we want, things that we are going for, or things that we want to get rid of don't happen quite on our schedule. But I can assure you that if you do this work, things will happen. Something will move. Things will shift. Even if it's not exactly what you think it's going to be, it's still beneficial and it still helps you to propel yourself along your life's journey with greater lucidity and power. Now, the way magic really works, if we're talking about magic here, and when I say magic, I mean shifting physical reality with the power of intention. And so that can be sitting down and doing official ritual, it can be doing affirmations, it can be meditation, visualization, whatever works for you. Everybody has their different methods. And I encourage you to try a variety because you may have gifts and superpowers that you didn't even know because you hadn't tried to flex them. That is often, often true when it comes to esoteric and spiritual work because we're not exposed to it. So there are a bunch of different ways to do stuff that we may not have ever heard of. So the way that magic really works is not how it is in the movies. (laughs) Usually what will happen is you'll set your intention, you'll send it out. And magic is the force behind all this stuff. Like what do you think makes the seed grow? What do you think makes your heart keep beating? What do you think makes the winds blow and keeps the ecosystem moving? And basically all the things that seem to happen on their own, there's a force behind them that causes them to happen. Call it electrical, call it electromagnetic, gravitational, whatever. But I like to think of it as magic because when you start pulling those strings around you, as again, I believe we are meant to do, when you start doing that, those forces behind things is what you're affecting. So it's not like in the movies when you throw a ball of energy across the room or whatever, which you can do, but it's not going to be as visible and it's going to be more subtle in its action than what you see on TV or on the screens in general. But what's going to happen is synchronicity, the technology of the universe, got you when it comes to that. So what you'll see happen is coincidences or being in exactly the right place at the right time for just the thing that you wanted to happen to catch your eye or happen to meet someone i guess nowadays it would be online considering the pandemic but before and after this be in line at the coffee shop next to someone who exactly has that piece of knowledge or tool that you were hoping for or asking for or deciding to drive down a different road than you normally do and you see a billboard that has exactly the words on it that you need to spark your aha moment to answer whatever question you've been working on etc etc you see what i'm saying here things line up because you have put your hand in the energy behind the physical by doing this work 
that's how magic really works. And that's also why you got to be patient because sometimes it takes longer than five minutes for things to set up. And remember that this life is a journey and a story and you have to be in it to enjoy it and to get the real goodness out of it. And so a lot of times things do take a while in general, not just in magic, but in life. And that's because you're supposed to get the full spectrum of it. It's not just point A to point B. That's not how this world actually works. So try it out for yourself. Do what seems right to you. If you're curious about it, do it. If you are feeling intimidated or a little nervous because this kind of work has come under the attack of many different traditions, if you're feeling nervous, call in whatever you believe in. If you believe in angels, call them in. If you're a Christ follower, call him in. Whatever other deities are yours and make you feel safe, call them in and check with them to make sure that you feel good doing this stuff. Always, always, always. Okay, now let's get into some questions here. There are a couple. The first question that came this way when I announced that I was going to be talking about moon magic and ritual is, does it make sense to do daily rituals between moon rituals? If so, which ones? So daily rituals and moon rituals are both great. They don't even have to be all that connected necessarily. You don't have to follow the moon in order to do ritual. So yeah, you can do daily rituals. Um, you can also just do moon rituals or a combo of both. I do a combo of both. So for instance, I do certain daily rituals of clearing my energetic space, doing meditations to work in the astral realm with all the various stuff I do over there. And those don't have much to do with my moon rituals. The two are separate. Regardless of whether or not I'm doing my moon rituals, I'm still going to clear my space. I'm still going to work on my aura and my chakras and go bounce around in the astrals the way that I do. Now, if you want to connect them, kind of like the healing and clearing ritual I was talking about in the jar, you can do daily rituals that are your moon rituals stretched out over time and this does go deeper and it does pack a lot more energy in it because you're feeding it more it's like when you're pushing a kid on a swing if you push them once they'll go for a while and if they're self-propelling if they know how to pump their legs then they'll go farther but if you keep pushing them their swinging stays steady and stronger so if you do a moon ritual and then re-up it every day, that adds momentum. And it also, on just a purely physical and psychological level, reminds you of your intention every day. And you're putting forth motivation every day to make something happen, which just makes it happen more quick for you as well. So hopefully that answers your question. You don't have to just do moon rituals. You can absolutely do stuff between moon rituals. But if you're doing... A ritual for something if you're like okay I am about to move and I want to manifest the perfect house or living space or whatever I would recommend matching it up with moon energy because it's out there it's there to be used it's free energy use it you know help it help it help you <laughs> help yourself weave together a reality that you want and we're gonna go through a sample ritual later on in this episode so you can have some inspirational and something to try 
Also, just by the way, there are tons and tons and tons and tons of spiritual educators on the internet right now that for absolutely free teach you how to do this kind of stuff. And as I've said before, I'll say again, when you're about to listen to anybody, when it comes to this kind of thing, make sure you trust their energy. Make sure they make your subtle inner senses feel good, feel trustworthy, feel activated, feel inspired and safe. There's a whole lot going on in the energetic world and you only want to open yourself up to things that feel right to you. So if there's any doubt, just don't do it. Find someone who does feel right because there are so many out there that you'll find a practitioner to help educate you that you can trust. Okay, other question that we had today is where to start? This person says they're allergic to sage and some rituals just fall flat for me, she says, or he says. And it's totally fine to be allergic to sage. There are things that are coming up with fads right now. Spirituality is a cool thing to do right now, which I think is great because whatever the reason, it means that more people are connecting deeply, which is going to improve the quality of our world. But you don't have to do what everyone's doing. If you're allergic to sage, but you still want to clear your space, there are other things you can burn. You can burn palisanto, cinnamon, wheatgrass, um, various other types of smudge sticks you can use. There's also the conversation about cultural appropriation with that, that different cultures use different kinds of purification methods. My belief as someone who's so hybridized in spirit as well as body is that if you do something with respect and giving homage to the people who who it comes from and the traditions that it comes from, even if you don't know where that is, that bit of respect and that humility saying, I honor this tradition and I give thanks for it being in existence so I can benefit from it, I think that's okay. Just make sure you're coming at it with a pure heart and you're not grabbing anything that's not yours. You know, when you... When you use traditions in any way, it's good to be humble because they have a gravity of their own and you want to keep your nose clean when doing this stuff because it always comes back around. So, but if you're allergic or if you just don't like the smell of smoke, which some people don't like burning stuff in their space, which is fine, you can use essential oils. You can put some lavender and peppermint and spray a bottle with some water and just spritz it around your space with the intention to clear along with a pinch of salt. You can scatter salt in your space. You can use sound healing like a tuning fork. I've got one right here. Let me play it for you guys. So the way that you clear your space by burning stuff is that you hold it up and move it, the smoke around in the space and intend that everywhere that the smoke touches be purified, blessed, cleansed. And with sound, you do the same thing. So here is a tuning fork. This one's 288. Set an intention that the energy move through and heal you, clear you. that too it's the same idea and you can even use no props but do it yourself by rubbing your hands together getting your palm chakras nice and activated and then imagine that there's golden golden cleansing healing light coming from your hands and spreading around your space clearing out anything that shouldn't be there so 
where to start with moon magic just start by being aware of where the moon's at and at the full moon using that energy to weave what you want and then at the new moon getting rid of whatever you no longer want so when you see the moon going down to be new bring up in your mind what am i releasing and then imagine that you're tossing it into an outgoing tide which you are and then as the moon is getting full do the opposite say okay this is what i do want to manifest and you can you can do that as often or as seldomly as you want a lot of people i know who do have that magic in them when they're doing ritual kind of like i was saying with me too when you're doing normalized consistent ritual whether that be a minute of gratitude each morning or a whole fancy moon ritual a couple times a month or whatever life's just better kind of like when you pray regularly or meditate regularly or exercise regularly it's a tonic effect that moves through like an adaptogenic energetically it moves through your life and helps you to just be more present in the body and more actualized in general something else you can do with moon energy is you can make moon water so to do that you take a jar of water i would recommend glass rather than plastic for this just because of the way energy moves through it but if you only have plastic around use it don't not do it it's just better to do glass and set it out under the full moon and bring it in in the morning preferably before the sun comes up and set intentions with it you can put crystals around it or in it depending on the crystal do your research and see when in doubt just put them right next to it or on top of the jar it will work just as good as having the crystal in the actual water and you can put an affirmation with it or just set an intention in your mind with it to imbue it with that beautiful bright moon energy with the intention that you're setting you can also just have it for increased magical connection and then bring it back in you can either drink the whole thing that day or you can stick it in the fridge or in a cupboard and take a sip from it every day or add a few little drops to it like a little pour to other drinks that you're having and stuff and it will imbibe them with the energy of the moon and again this is one of those things that's so subtle but when you do it you can feel it and it's very very simple to do and very like i said subtle if you're around people who may or may not be encouraging of things like this that's one of the things that you can do that it's pretty low-key um and pretty safe i've never heard of anything going wrong with moon water and also for different kinds of intentions and i use this one for beauty as well when the moon is dark you can put a jar of water out and collect starlight water because when there's no moon in the sky the only light is from the stars and that whole the frequency that's really good for our mind body and spirit as well so where to start do some research look up different rituals think about something that you want to create or release and just do an internet search on ritual for xyz see what comes up there are so many easy simple ones and try it and keep a journal you guys are going to hear me say this a lot over the course of our time together keep a journal write down what you did write down if it worked or not keep coming back and checking in and updating it because everybody has gifts in certain ways but you wouldn't know unless you look and in order to look you got to keep track and rather than trying to keep it there in your short long-ish term memory 
then it's, it's way better to write it and just be able to see it in your own writing there over time. Okay. So, moving on. I'd love to talk to you guys about integrity of intention because when magic comes up, a question is usually, well, how far does it go? What can you control? What can you mess with? What should you mess with? Where are the ethics of this? And some hacks that I use are at the end of any intention setting I'm doing, whether this be just in the morning as I'm going about my day, or whether it be a full-on ritual as I'm trying to create something new in my life, or whether it be at the beginning of a retreat or workshop or a session when I'm doing the opening meditation, etc., etc. One of the things is this or better. So your vision for what's going to happen might not be in alignment with the grand divine vision. There might be something bigger or different that's actually a better fit that hasn't occurred to you or that you don't know that you're worthy of or capable of, that kind of thing. So ending it all with saying this or better or this and better opens it up and keeps you from gripping something that might not be the best thing to grip. So it will still move along if that's the best thing. But if there's something better, that opens the way so that you're not resistant. And it also, back to the subconscious mind, makes you a little bit chiller about it, which helps energy flow better. Clenching is never good for energy flow in any way. And so saying this or better, this and better, I'm surrendering to divine flow, I'm surrendering to divine will and timing helps everything move along easier and smoother. Also, this is huge and very, very, very important. No matter how long you've been practicing, it is always important to set the intention that what you do benefit everyone, that you never be creating something that will take something away from someone or something else. We don't have to do that. We have unlimited energy here on this planet if we look in the right places. And things like moon energy, power of intention, power of chi, reiki, and energy healing, those are not finite resources. You can do it all the time. And it's not like you using moon energy is going to make your neighbor down the street have less moon energy to use. It's not the way it works. Nor is it that way with Reiki. Nor is it that way with Prana. Nor is it that way with your own focus and energy. So make sure that what you're weaving with your intentions has the vibe to it because you make the conscious decision that it be of a beneficial effect for everything it touches, everywhere it goes, everything it brushes up against in this very intricate and complex world, that it have a beneficial effect. That makes everything flow much better. It also, kind of like surrendering to the divine will thing, keeps your vision wider and your potential efficacy when stuff comes true it keeps it more open so things can come to you in a different kind of way and also it's just good practice to make sure that what you're doing is benefiting everybody and not just you and that's one of those things where there's a lot of mythology about magic and entertainment one of the things that you hear often is magic comes with a price it always comes with a price 
I have not experienced that to be true in that way, but that's also probably because the magic that I use is open source magic. It's not taking from one thing to put to another thing. It's what is naturally flowing and bubbling out of non-physical into physical. So I also think that some of that ideology comes from times where there has been a war on magic. Um, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, thousands of people, millions have been killed because they had that deeper connection and the people around them feared it. And thankfully, in most places on the planet these days, that doesn't happen anymore. But it did happen for so long. And I'm not going to say for no reason. The thing about this is just because someone can do magic doesn't necessarily mean that they have good integrity. So I can understand why it might be very, very scary to have someone around who is using unseen forces in a way that you don't know if you can trust and you don't know if they're doing stuff for the good of all. So get it. That said, it has left us in our cultural memory with all this fear of doing these types of things. And the fear is not necessary so long as you come out with a pure heart. And that is something that I believe to be true and I've witnessed to be true over and over and over. So, and also, like I said earlier, I believe that we are meant to do this. I believe that it's part of us being human on this planet. That whole stewardship of the earth, I don't think it just means the physical earth. I think it also means that we have the power and responsibility to take care of things in an energetic way, which of course then moves into the physical way because they're they're one in the end it's just the sequence of things energy happens and the physical does so the integrity of your intention is freaking key make sure that you are taking a moment to look at the purity of what you're bringing in because it's going to help your stuff work better and it all comes back around to us the energy you send out always comes back to you expanded so make sure that whatever you're sending out, you're good with coming back expanded because like it or not, it's going to happen. So it's best for you and everyone around you to just go in with that intention that you are great receiving it because you're sending out good stuff. All right. So last thing we're going to talk about today is a sample ritual. So if you want to get started, I'll, I'll give you just a broken down version of what I do. And what I've done over the years, and it's changed over time. Sometimes I would get more intricate when I had more time and energy. Sometimes when I was very busy or in situations where I didn't feel called or comfortable doing full-on ritual, I would just do a miniature version of this down to, you know, just kind of taking a deep breath, writing in my journal, and then taking a deep breath to close it out at the end. That's fine, too. But the way that you would do a ritual in general, and you can always go deeper, but here's just a sample one. So you bring your journal and you bring maybe a crystal if you're into crystals and a glass of water, a candle, and something to move the air. So either a feather or a tuning fork, singing bowl, some incense or some sacred smoke, something like that. And you're, you make sure you will be undisturbed for a while, however long it's going to take you to do this. And sit with your things and you take a deep breath. And you put yourself in a meditative mind state. And then you say mentally or aloud that you are declaring this time and space to be a sacred time and space for your deeper workings with energy right now. 
And then you can bring in whatever you believe in. I like to fall in, call in the four corners, which are the directions. And the directions anthropomorphized, but whatever you are into. Um, then I like to call in the divine masculine, divine feminine, the great overarching unnamed one, the big God that's everything. And then my own guides, the deities that work with me, the ancestors that work with me and spirit team in general. But basically what you do is you declare sacred space, like we said before, then you call in whatever you believe in. Again, spirituality is not only one way. There's not one best way. Of course, the divine parent spoke to different people in different parts of the world in different ways that was applicable and appropriate to them. And the concept that one of these ways is better than the others is ridiculous to me so long as it's done with integrity and kindness. So anyway, just that to say that call in whatever you believe in. So set your sacred space, call in whatever you believe in, then take a look at your life. Try to zoom out as much as possible and take a dispassionate, clear, full spectrum look at what's going on in your life. What are you grateful for? What do you want to get rid of? Just be aware of all of it. And especially things that are happening that you like, make sure you take a moment to celebrate them, to give thanks for them, to kind of fluff up that energy. This is the watering and fertilizing that we were talking about in the beginning of the episode. Yes, keep it growing, keep it moving, keep it flourishing. And then decide what you are doing with this moon energy. So if the moon's growing, make something. If the moon's shrinking shed something and set that intention when you're setting an intention and this is same if you're doing a big spell that you work on every day or if you're doing a one and done bring up the energy bring up the visualization of what you want or what you want to get rid of now if you're wanting to get rid of something then what you're going to bring up is the energy of your life without that thing so say you've got some anxiety right say you've got social anxiety for instance pretending that this is not a pandemic quarantine world but pretending that things are moving along in a normal way so if you've got anxiety and you're trying to release it with the waning moon you would be imagining yourself in a situation without the anxiety. So you would be imagining yourself, if it's social anxiety, you'd be imagining yourself meeting new people with an open smile and with the right words coming easily into your mind and with easy body language and inside of you feeling comfy in your tummy and in your heart and in your grace and your movement and being excited and happy to meet them. And then after you leave the situation, being confident with how you acted and moving on in your day rather than needing to ruminate about it that kind of thing so after you decide what you want deciding what you want is like setting your gps setting a mental picture of what you want and note here how your mind works i'm a very visual and emotional person so that's usually what i tend to do i tend to visualize how something will look often feel how it will feel with my other senses and then flood it with the emotion and then make it stronger and stronger in my mind. So when you're setting your intention, whatever your ways of imagining are, and notice what's easy for you. You might not be a visual person. You might be an auditory person. You might be a tactile person. Whatever works for you is fine. Experiment with different ones. See what comes easiest and work on that. That's like setting the GPS. That's like saying, okay, where am I going? Let me set my destination here. And that's good with the mental. 
And then the emotional is like the gas. The emotional is what makes it go. So first you construct this and then you fill it with emotional energy that gives it the power to go. And so you're imagining this thing and you are making it bigger and bigger and more intense and really suffusing your being with the energy, the emotion, and the focus of what this is. And then when it gets so big that you can't hold it anymore, you whoosh, release it. And imagine it moving out from you to the corners of the universe taking this seed of intention that you just put out and again our universe is alive so what's going to happen is that's going to go and merge with the universal energies and then they will come bring it back to you like a projector you send it out and then the universe like playing a movie for you will bring it back and like i said write it down check on it as the weeks go by and see how it manifested or didn't. And that will also give you hints on what your particular gifts are. Things that are easy for you. Things that are more of a struggle for you. Things that might take you a little bit longer to change or to make. Because human effort is also very important. Everything's not just write it down in a book and it'll come true. Some of it is. And this is not anything to be sneezed at. But neither is actually making yourself good at stuff. Because you practice it and are consistently dedicated. So, after you release this wave of energy... Then you give thanks, then you release it, surrender it. This is the time for this or better. This is the time for I surrender to divine will and divine timing. And this is the time for may everyone and everything this touch be benefited by the energy wave that I just created. And then if you are someone who likes to do divination, like dowsing or cards or runes or anything like that, now would be the time. I like to wait till after I set my intentions to do divination because then the divination is referencing my intentions and it also doesn't inform my intentions. So I like to say what I want first and then I'll pull some oracle cards or whatever I do to see how that's going to come about, see what my journey is going to be like. Then it's always nice to have a moment of silence to allow your own unique wisdom to come in. And then you close it down, you give thanks, you say, I'm now ending my time of sacred intention. So remember how you opened it in the beginning, you're like, okay, this is a time of sacred intention, this is a sacred space. At the end, close it down and say, okay, I'm done with this time. And then put everything away, your ritual is done, that's it. So you declare sacred space, you call in whatever you believe in to help keep you protected and inspired and guided as you do this work. You actually do the work. You look at, say, what do I like in my life? What do I not? What am I making? Send out that energy. Then do whatever else you want to do. Do divination you want to do, if you want to. And then close it down. So that's it. It's pretty simple. Like I said, it can be simple. You don't need any props or tools to do this. You can absolutely just do this with your own consciousness. I do recommend, at very minimum, however, writing it down, making a list. Even if you put it in a note on your phone, something so you can keep track because a lot of times like we said it comes in subtly it comes in through synchronicity and coincidence and these things come true in ways that totally make sense i like to put in a healthy dollop of of coarseness in my spells so that when it comes true it's not like whoa this thing came out of nowhere it's like oh well, of course this would happen yeah makes sense which after the fact it usually does but especially when the little subtle things come through, it's easy to forget, it's easy to overlook them. And so if you have them written down, if you have them written down, then it really makes it easier to keep track 
of what you did and of how they come true and of seeing that your stuff does work. Because if you forget to write it down and time passes, then it's likely that you're going to forget and you're going to doubt. But if you have it in writing, all the things that you've done, then it's really hard to doubt. And again, you can see where your own gifts are and where things that are harder for you are too. All right. This has been so fun talking about this. Um, let's see what else wants to come through for you guys. Just a reminder to look at the moon, to look at the sky. We were evolved on this planet with a bunch of different light sources, with the light from fire, with the light from the sun, with the light from the stars and the moon. But often, much of the light we see these days is electrical. It's on our screens, it's in our light bulbs. So that to me is like a junk food diet when it comes to your brain because it's my belief that photonic energy carries wisdom and when we bring it in through our eyes it increases the health of our electrical system so make sure that you're looking at candle glow make sure you're looking at stars make sure you're looking at moon make sure you're getting enough sunlight because that again is one of those adaptogenic energy tonics it will help everything On that note, we are going to shut down today's episode of the Stars and Spirits podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me. It has been so lovely to talk to you tonight about moon energy under the waning wolf moon. Sending you lots of love, and if you want to get in touch more, find me on Instagram under Karis Molina. Find me on Clubhouse under Karis Molina. And let's connect. Sending you big blessings of soothing, healing, energizing, activation, and prosperity. Have a beautiful day, and I will see you again very soon. Mm-hmm.